Welcome into another edition of Tampa 2. Casey Phillips here with staff writer Bree Dix, and we are here to get you ready for everything they need to know before this game against the Falcons. We're going to look back a little bit at that Chiefs game, but not too much, you know. We're just going to, like, you know, we're going to move on from put that one. Yeah, put it in the past. We're going to talk about that a little bit and, of course, get into everything you need to know for the Falcons game. So let's start out with those takeaways from the Chiefs game that, of course, the outcome wasn't what we wanted. Yes. But it is one of those games that it feels like there are positives to take from it and a lot of lessons that are going to be taken from it that could really be a catalyst yes. moving forward. Would you agree with that? Yes. I would say, for me, one of the biggest things when I looked at that was that we haven't had a full game yet, right, mm -hmm. where the offense and defense played effectively. You had the defense having surges. You've had, you had the offense having the surge on Sunday, and I think you saw that dramatic effect and what it's going to be like with Chris Godwin back, with Mike Evans back after the suspension. But that question mark in this past game was the defense. You know, their uncharacteristic performance. This was a team that it was only allowing nine points a game, and they gave up 41 to the Chiefs. And I think Todd Bowles, you know, summarized it best after the game. He said, you know, you, you name it, the red zone defense, the run defense, the pass defense, whether it was missed run fits, missed tackles, missed assignments, we had it all in that game. So I'm excited to see Sunday against the Falcons if this team can put together a full cohesive performance yeah, all the way around. Yeah, I completely agree. And even throwing special teams in there to, yeah. to really talk about that, that they had been a bright spot all year and then this wasn't their best game. I mean, Ryan Suckup still – Field goals, extra points, that was all great. But I know that um, when it came to punts, when it came to the coverage team, yeah, that also wasn't – Yeah, th that wasn't all where it had been for these past few games as well. And so I, I do think that if, as you bring up the fumble, this is a game of momentum. And to have it be Sunday night football at home, you're ready to go, you're going to get the ball and try to go attack the Chiefs. And that is such a deflating yes. play that I do think there's a lot to that of – this team has talked about how much they need to start fast. Mm -hmm. And that is such an unfortunate thing of then trying to start fast from that is so tough when now your defense is going out there already having to defend the red zone to start the game. And they'll tell you that you still have to stop it. You still have to hold them to three at that point. You know, that they'll say no matter what we're being thrown into, we need to make that stop. But I do think there was a big uh, effect of that on the momentum that yes. was going to be very hard to recover from. I did love how Rashad White bounced back from that. Yes. As a rookie – to have had a moment like that, again, on national television to start the game, that is so deflating individually, not just for the team, to see that he still got his first career touchdown, that he was still making plays. I thought that spoke very highly to his mental fortitude, his ability yes. to still go in there with confidence, um, even though we saw that the run game didn't get a chance to really get going just because of the situation of the yeah. game and it not being as effective. But both he and Fournette got involved in the passing game. That was huge for me of what that could mean for this team moving forward because we know that Brady loves that. That's something he wants and needs right. in his offense is the ability. Balance. Yeah, you need to get that screen game going. You need to have a lot of different options there. And I felt like to see both Rashad White and Leonard Fournette get involved in the passing part of it, while, of course, we would love to have more than three yards rushing, yeah. <laughs> at least we did get to see them get involved in the passing game, which I thought was very important. Right. Well, and like you mentioned, I love – I think all of the rookies really have just an incredible mindset and mental fortitude, but I spoke with Rashad after the game, and it was kind of like, yeah, how do you compartmentalize? How do you put that play immediately behind you and move forward and have the production that you ended up having? And he was like, I just trust and believe my, in myself. I know – how the coaches see me, I know what I'm capable of, and you just immediately have to shift gears 
and move on to the next play. It's incredible. Yeah. And yeah. He's, he's got an amazing story and one that has had a lot of adversity in it. And I think those are the times you see that show up. Yes. I think I remember Jason Light saying at an event we were at one time that he actually doesn't like drafting people that haven't been through things as much because then he doesn't know how they'll handle things when they don't go well. Wow. That he wants to see somebody who has been through adversity, whether it's in their personal life or in their childhood or in injuries or not being the starter, something, anything, because then he at least can see how they handled it. If they've never had any adversity, it's going to happen, happen in the NFL. Yes. So we don't know how you're going to handle it. And I feel like Rashad White is one of those guys that they had seen that he'd handled it in his life before now really well. And then he did in this game as well, which I thought was huge. Um, so let's go ahead and move on maybe now to the Falcons game. Let's start with just keys to the game. What do you think are, you know, a couple things that are going to be, if the Buccaneers come away with a win, it will be because of this. I think the biggest thing for the Bucs is going to be stopping the run. I mean, this is a team that has really fashioned a power rushing attack similar to what Arthur Smith directed when he was the offensive coordinator for the Titans. And yeah, they don't have Cordero Patterson right now. He's on IR, but you still have Tyler Igier. You still have Caleb Huntley, a guy that came off the practice squad last week and had an incredible game, but also even more so than just the inside, the outside zone. Then you also have receivers on jet sweeps. You have the mobile element to Marcus Mariota's game who can absolutely gash teams with his legs when he extends plays outside of the pocket and kind of that run-pass option-centric team. So like Casey Rogers said yesterday, you know, this team is a nightmare. They're offense, all of these different moving parts. So I think the Bucks' ability to, to try and contain Marcus Mariota, they didn't do a great job of that in spurts against Patrick Mahomes last week. With and of course the the crazy arm angles that he's able to come up with, but I think their ability to set the edge, to be disciplined in those run fits and stop that is going to be is going to be key in this game because there's nothing more demoralizing for a team than knowing a team is going to come in and run and they're able to do that. Yeah, I think that this is going to be such a, a perfectly timed test mm -hmm. for this defense because for one thing, the Bucks defense has been known as the team you don't run on. Yes. That's their identity. Yes. That's what they've been about. And it has been true since Todd Bowles has gotten here. Mm -hmm. And that is, I think, a huge part of what was so frustrating to them this last week against the Chiefs is that, look, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is going to Patrick Mahomes. Like, he's going to do some crazy things. But this is a team that has thought, but we're not going to let you run on us. Yes. And they did. And I know that was something that was really frustrating for this Bucks defense because, again, it's their identity and to give that up. So I know that no matter who the Bucks would be playing this week, they would be trying to make a statement of that was an anomaly and we are still a team that you do not want to run on. Mm -hmm. And now, to your point, to be facing a team that they know that's what they're going to do. They're going to make yes. no bones about it. They're going to try to run the ball. And so if you know that's what's coming and then you still don't stop it, that that's going to be very frustrating for them. So I think it is a, a well-timed meeting between <laughs> these two, that this is a Bucks team that has a very much a chip on their shoulder after this yes. last week. Um, and I mean, it, it is amazing how much the Falcons just want to run to the point where in their win, I think Mariota had what, seven completions? Seven. That's it. Yeah. Seven completions in their win. In their, yeah. So yeah, I think it's, in, it is hard to have different guys that can do it, of whether it's Mariota or your running backs or whatever. But even still, I mean, when your starting running back is out, that's got to – you know this Bucks defense yeah. is like, we cannot let a team that is this one-dimensional missing their starting running back run on us. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting to see that Kyle Pitts, we, we don't know if he's going to be available. Yeah. He's been 
missing a lot, but even still, I mean, he has not been used very much this year. Um, they have actually used him, it seems like, more often to be a blocker for that run game, game. again. And so regardless, to make them even more one-dimensional if he is not available and even missing one of their key blockers for that. So, yeah, I think it's it's crazy how it feels like you always start by saying stop the run. That's always kind of the, the key to the game yeah. in any matchup. But it feels like in this game it's it's literally the key. Like yes. when we say keys to the game, it's like we could just stop there yeah. and be like that is apparently the key to the game. Um, how about we talked a little bit about Kyle Pitts and Cordell Patterson, but injury updates for, for both sides. Those are the two big ones uh, on the Falcons side, which, again, we're recording this on Friday morning, so um, we have not seen the final injury report for either team. Right. Um, but it, in terms of what we saw from Wednesday and Thursday for the Bucks, what do we see in terms of some concerns? Who might be in? Who might be out? So Tom Brady had a full practice yesterday after being limited on Wednesday with that right shoulder, right finger injury designation, which he said yesterday behind the podium, I'm fine. Like, Going to play, shoulder's not an issue. But then against the Chiefs, you had Logan Ryan and Carlton Davis that both came away with injuries. Carlton, a shoulder stinger, and then for Logan Ryan, a foot injury. But I think Carlton is definitely more positive in being able to play this week than, say, Logan Ryan. So we'll see what ends up coming out today, whether players are questionable out, what their designations are. But I think that's kind of the, the route there. And then also we had the surprise with – Cole Beasley's retirement mm -hmm. after after two weeks of being on the practice squad and then he was elevated for the previous two games. Yeah, and we don't know the full story of that, but I, I am hopeful what it means partially is that the wide receiver core is looking healthier and therefore, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that he recognized maybe it was just there weren't going to be as many opportunities or maybe he just wanted to spend time with his family. We don't really know. But the fact that maybe it is a hopeful sign that this wide receiver core was looking good enough that a Cole Beasley wasn't going to be as necessary as right. he was the last couple weeks. Um, I thought it was really great to see, of course, one of, we didn't talk about this with the Chiefs game, but um, to see, A, Mike Evans explode. Oh, yes. Which I love. I and then we talked about a little bit having him and Chris Godwin out there and what the offense is capable of. But that was the first full game Chris has played mm -hmm. since coming back from that knee injury. And so I'm excited to see now that feels like a big moment for him to yeah. have a full game under his belt kind of get back in the, in the flow get of things. Get his footing underneath Yes, you know, take some of those hits, get some catches. And I think now this next game could be when we really see more of them. And it's going to come down to, you know, can you impose your will early where both – I know that the Bucks are going to try to establish the run game because they – I mean, they have to do more than they did last week. But it's the catch-22 of did you not run because of the situation – or were you in that situation because the run wasn't as effective? So I know they're going to try to get the run game going early, but I also think it's going to be you have to get a lead early. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be where guys like Mike and Chris yeah. really come in, that if you can stop the Falcons' run early on, you can get up to a, a one- or two-score lead early, mm -hmm. they aren't going to feel like they can run as much. That If, they, if you get them behind – then they're going to be then they're going to be forced right. to do something they are not comfortable doing. So I think getting Mike and Chris involved early, some big chunk plays, some things that can get you a lead early, that's going to be really important. Yeah. And then once you have that lead, you feel more comfortable running a lot more often, and then that builds the confidence in it once you get some of those big plays to get back going again. So right. it all kind of feeds on each mm -hmm. other. But yeah, I think that Mike and Chris getting involved early is going to be huge. And of course, talking about our wide receivers, we got 
Russell Gage and Julio mm-hmm. Jones against their former team. Yes. How much do you think they're healthy? How much do you think they're involved? Because we we lo- we love a good revenge game, right? Even it's not really revenge so much on them when you know they chose to come here. But and and with Julio, he played for someone else between. But it's always fun to watch guys go against their former oh, teams. Yes. How much do you think they're going to be involved in this game plan? I think they they will be. I mean, we'll see as the week progresses how much they're able to do during Friday's practice, but I think they're certainly on the upside and on that uptick and potentially able to come back this week, which having Mike Evans, having Chris Godwin, having Russell Gage, having Julio Jones, having all of those pieces, I think is going to really build confidence for this aerial attack going against the Falcons. But, I mean, this is also a team that they face twice a year, you know. So, I mean, even when they were asked about, you know, having played for the Falcons, I mean, each team undergoes changes every year, but also this is, it's you know, one, one of their rivals, and, it, and it's a different team this year. I mean, last year they were 31st in the NFL in rushing, and this Wild. year they're fourth. So, I mean, what a what a glow exactly. up. So, <laughs> what a glow up in the I run mean, game. Things necessarily that happened last year don't dictate what's going to happen mm-hmm. happen this year, but I think it would be exciting to see all of them out there for sure against yeah. the Falcons. So now let's talk about some key matchups, uh, whether it is an individual person or a position group, what are you looking at? I'm excited for that Luke Gedeke Grady Jarrett mm. matchup and Man, I guess the the Southern Emmy, but it's like, bless his heart. <laughs> this guy has had some tall orders, whether it was yep. Kenny Clark, whether it was Chris Jones. I mean, he has had a top-tier defensive lineman that he has had to go up every single Yeah, there was week. no easing him in. Yes, oh yeah, no, nope. get yeah. your feet wet. Oh yeah. no, you're plunging into the pool. Yeah. And this week he has another one in Grady Jarrett, who is absolutely the anchor of that Falcons defensive line you know, is constantly disrupting in the backfield, wrecks game plans. I spoke with Luke about him yesterday, and he was like, you know, he has an incredible chop club. He has a great arm over. Obviously has a vast array of pass rush moves. So Luke was like, I've got to be prepared. I'm studying. I'm learning as much as I can every day to be ready for for this matchup. And I think you'll probably have, you know, some double teams on him, which he consistently commands, which is just a testament to Jarrett's ability. For sure. Um, So I think that's going to be a big, big determination in this game is, okay, can our offensive line win the battle in the trenches? Mm -hmm. It's going to be huge for not only the run game, but giving Brady enough time to get the ball off. Yep. All of these things coincide and, and work together. So how is that going to play out on on Sunday against one of the best in the NFL across the way. Yep, I think mine is going to be our defensive line against their their running backs in, mm-hmm. in general, and especially. I I mean, of course, I kind of want to pick Vita because you just think like he's the guy that is such a huge factor in run stopping. But I think I actually want to focus a little bit more on Logan Hall and Will Golston because again, without Akeem Hicks, Hicks out yeah. there, they're just asked to do more and. They are, you know, especially a guy like Logan Hall is not necessarily built as much like a run stuffer as a Vita Vea, shall we say? And watching how, as a rookie, are you disciplined and knowing your gaps? Are you, you know, where is he at in that area? And can he make those plays? Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm going to be really excited to watch. I feel like this could hopefully be a pretty defining game for how he's coming along in an area of the game that maybe isn't as much his natural strength. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited to watch those guys try to stop the very inevitable thousand runs coming their direction. (laughs) Um, all right. So now, um, player that you're excited to watch, that was the key matchup, but now what player are you most excited to see? 
player that I am most excited to see on Sunday is Mike Edwards. Mm. Because I think he is going to play a major factor in containing Marcus Mariota. Interesting. Because with the the run pass option, you know, he's going to have to decide, okay, does Mariota intend to run? Is he going to pass? And if it's a run, well, then he has to fly downhill and be in on those tackles and potentially have to get him down. Or if it's a pass, he could potentially be the last line of defense, you know, lined up in the post, being that single high safety and if Mariota lobs a long one to Drake London on one of those deep overs, which seems to be their staple, well, he's going to have to be the guy that's in on that play and potentially contains it or gets, we would love to see a pick six or whatever undercuts it. But I think he's going to end up being a major factor in what Mariota is able to do on Sunday. And the Bucks are going to need a huge game from Okay, I like that. I think I'm going to go Chris Godwin. I think that I just feel like, again, after that full game under his belt, I and I mean, after what we saw Mike do, I can see the Falcons really trying to double team Mike or really trying to limit him. And that this is the game where Chris Godwin can have again his his little coming out party yes. back from his injury. And um, yeah, I just I really feel like this could be a game for him, especially if the Bucks are really trying to push early to get that lead. I think they could use him a lot. So that's my that's my player to watch. And then we will close with our quote of the week segment. Yes. Tell me the quote that stood out to you this week. So the quote that stood out to me was a quote from Casey Rogers, who's one of the co-defensive coordinators, and he was asked about this run game, as you can imagine, many times. But I loved the way that he put their run game into perspective and he said, when you look at them, we see in this league a lot of offensive linemen tackles up in a two-point stance. And when you look at the Falcons, everybody's down in a three-point stance, and you know they're coming off. And they're doing a pretty good job of it. What's kind of amazing, you look back and getting ready to play them last year, they finished 31st in the league in rushing offense, and right now they're fourth. So you can see what they've committed to in the offseason. Yes, they're not a team afraid of commitment. That is yes. for sure. Um, okay, I love that. I think for me, um, I went with like a very short, tiny little quote because it just made me laugh. Um, it. <laughs> and it was it was the end of a much larger quote, but I just yeah. picked this tiny little part when uh, run game coordinator Harold Goodwin closed out when he was being asked, same as Casey Rogers was asked a ton about their run, run game. game. Yeah. Harold Goodwin was asked a whole lot about the Bucks' run game and why it hasn't gone as well as since the Dallas game and this and that. And the end of his whole long paragraph of all these things he talked about, he just said, there's no need to panic. And I really liked that of just, he's like, guys, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. We're going to be fine. And uh, I just, these first few games of the season in particular, it's so easy to make these big pronouncements and or over, overreact. overreact on yeah, things. that it's like, oh my gosh. And it's like, okay, obviously against Dallas, we ran the ball very well. And guess what? We had a lead. Yeah. And this but has you been didn't the issue. Have that Haven't the had the lead. And so I think that if you can just everything else working together, like we talked about the complete game where all the sides of the ball are kind of working more efficiently together, a little bit of a quicker start. And I think that the run game is still going to be just fine. And I think that that was the quote that I loved is no need to panic. Everything is fine. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. That is going to do it for us on this edition of Tampa 2. Thank you so much for being with us. We will be back here next Friday to talk about this Falcons game and the next one coming up against Pittsburgh. We'll see you then.